up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of the Every Adrian Brody Movie in Chronological Order podcast, a.k.a. BrodyCast. I'm one-third of your hosting trio, Spencer, and I'm joined, as always, by Adam and Greg. Say what's up. Hey, Peace. what's up? I'm one-third. Together, we we make the Voltron of the Brody cast. Three-thirds. Yeah. yeah. 100%. 100p. 100p. Keep it 100. This week... We watched The Undertaker's Wedding, 1997. God awful movie. Just just really atrocious. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, but I fucking hated this movie. Um, it is about Adrian. So, Adrian Brody's starring in this film. Uh, the finally. Lead role. Finally. Top billing. Um, and Adrian plays a mild mannered, um, easel doormat of a mortician who um, is sort of caught between two warring crime families and is unwittingly thrown in the middle of their uh, decades-long battle uh, when one of the families fakes the death of another like high-ranking member of their crime syndicate and uh, forces Brody to keep him or harbor him safely while their, uh, their battle uh, sort of still wages on or ideally wanes away right uh, yeah and he's he's unlucky in love um he's searching for a a nice wife for his to to continue the bellini family tradition of being undertakers um and so we also see his his sort of follies as he attempts to locate a decent woman bride uh, yeah i guess uh yeah well the thing is uh everyone in his family dies young so he wants to have children before he dies like immediately yeah uh leading him the, the very first scene is him proposing to uh, a girl that he's known for six weeks yep so yeah and he he's kissing her and talks about having kids and his mother says this is the third one you've lost in six months in six months yeah so he's proposed to three people six months Yes, and that he lives, knows about. He lives at the funeral home as well with with corpses. Yeah, well, I also noted that. So he I, he's like the owner. I mean, his family owns the funeral home, and, he, and yeah. he lives there. And business is booming right now because of the crime war between the two mob families. Right. So he he's doing well, but. Can't seem to find that that wife of his. Yeah, professionally he's he's on the top of his game, yeah. but personally maybe maybe not. Yeah, and a big part. I think you said it, Spencer. But they they he stays <clears throat> for the past three hundred years, I believe he said. The Bellini family, which is Adrian Brody's family, has stayed neutral, so that they can right. take the bodies that are delivered from both of the mob families and continue to make money off of both. Then they get dragged into this with one specific family, which is likely going to hurt business. Yes. If anyone ever finds out. So Adrian is like, he's compelled to keep this man a secret. And the guy that he's with, you know, of course, there's some wacky hijinks that goes on. And he's he's not exactly the the easiest uh, not dead person to be around, I suppose. Yeah. I mean, the, the genre is stated as a comedy crime movie. Uh, it's incredibly cheesy. Everything is overacted. Uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's like just, slapstick. But yes. Yeah. 
but some not. parts play like a like a silent film. Oh God, yeah. Uh, just it's just terribly written, terribly designed, mostly terribly acted. It, it begins, it begins incredibly poorly with the opening credits. One of the worst opening oh, credit yeah. sequences I've ever seen. <laughs> oh my it's, God! It's um just you know character or actors' names in front of a black screen with white text. Um, it's pretty bad font. I don't know what the font is or bad typeface. Mm, uh, yeah. And then it says, "What is it? What's the movie called?" The The Undertaker's Wedding. The Undertaker's Wedding comes up, and then the wedding is, you know, it, it's like it's a a sign, yeah, uh, and it swings off yeah. because it's poorly made, <laughs> and, yeah, and then it falls down, and it's like. Psh. It was it's the worst opening credit scene. I something think was... that I think you could make in like your first class of you know Windows Movie Maker 101 type thing that you're taking at the community college at night. Yeah, as a six-year-old at the YMCA <laughs> yeah. summer camp. Oh, this is god awful. Just let's get oh, let's get this over with. This movie sucks. Let's, let's move on to the broad. We gotta let's... do it for the listeners. We gotta I we know. gotta explain to them why this movie isn't good. But you, I think you can just hear it, like even in my voice, just like I sound so out of it because this movie was so bad. It's just yeah, put such yeah. a pallor over the day, like well, especially. I mean, you know, we've had a string of of two solid episodes, and even two movies ago was a great movie, which was what are you? <laughs> oh God, what was it called? No. Uh, the Thomas last Jane. time, the last time I committed suicide. Yeah, the last time I committed yeah. suicide, which I think we all enjoyed. The last movie we watched. What was that one again? Uh, five, six, six ways, ways to Sunday. Sunday. Yeah, <laughs> which just wasn't a very good out. movie, but we I think we enjoyed we enjoyed no. talking about it. Yeah, this one's bringing us funny. back down. Yeah, we're, uh, the spirits are very low right now. Yeah. Right, let's just let's just push through this episode. Okay. Let's let's move on to the Sprode Code. One twenty nine. Yeah, bright, bright and early. Yes, he was the first person we see. And mm. we we see him getting dressed. I think before that, that's the first time we yeah, see yeah, his yeah. face. But yes. You know, we get those nice shots of uh, Brody's chest. Body oh. shots. Yeah, nice body shots, yeah. yeah. Mm. Not his actual, but he's wearing clothes, but they, it is his body. Yes. It's yeah. not his naked body. Right, right. <laughs> Just to be clear. Unfortunately. But he's got, I mean, we should probably say, I mean, one of the things that we kept coming back to just about Brode's appearance in this movie is his terrible, terrible haircut. Um, it's Ugh. like they gave him, like, partially a bowl cut and then they just like dumped a bunch of gel on it mm -hmm. and so that it's like it's perfectly straight as, as, and circular around around his head but then it's also like crispy like it like it has mm -hmm. too much gel in it yeah. and it's it just is it, it looks uncomfortable just looking at it it just looks like it would be flaky i think that's the reason why he's not getting any fiancés Wives. You think it's the haircut? Yes, that god awful haircut. This, well, his, this haircut in this one is worse than haircut from the last movie, which was just ridiculous. <laughs> yeah, you're right. That's, yeah. that's a fair point. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, he doesn't seem to have a hard time getting a girl. It's I was just, gonna say. It's yeah. just yeah. He, he seems to you know at the very beginning when he's he's on the date with this girl, he proposes to her and she's like, I don't want to do that yet, but I want to sleep with you. She's willing to go home with him. Yeah, it's the fact, and he when he lies to her about what he he does for a living. I think that's because <laughs> he's realized that every time he tells people, every woman, what he does for a living, then they don't want to marry him anymore. Yeah, so his appearance is terrible, but I don't think that's the main reason why he's not uh, getting any yeah, fair, finding fair. a wife. I mean, I will say that that was pretty like she was pretty chill about that. 
like for most of that whole thing like at the very beginning he's like oh will you marry me and she's like i don't even i barely even know you and then they jump in the cab and she's like yo let's let's get down to business a little bit yeah. and and he you know that you know like pretty chill for the, yeah. for such a <laughs> such a huge question to be yeah. to be brought up with i don't know yeah. 6 yeah. weeks into the relationship more on the subject of Brody's appearance, I feel like this is maybe the first time in a little bit where he, he has no facial hair. Is that true, or has that happened recently? I mean, he he. I guess no. I can't speak the... to the past few movies because I don't remember specifically. <laughs> but he, he had the, he he had the looked... goatee last week. Yeah, he had the goatee last week. He he's got a real baby face this week. Yeah, I don't. Oh, I, yeah. I kind of feel this movie is one of those movies to me that feels like it was made like eight years before it came mm, out, and like yeah. it was just in development hell. Like they're trying to get, they had some intern just editing it, you know, on Saturday and Sunday for. That's who made the opening credit for seven fifty yeah. an hour. Um, th- th- it feels like that kind of movie. Yeah, I think I you're right. Absolutely agree. I, I mean, so right. on to the the next point. Is it a good movie? No. That's a hard no. Yeah, hard no. Hard pass on this hard one. No. God, I don't even know where to begin. Like how to describe the just sheer terribleness of this movie yeah. decrepitude yeah <laughs> i can't even i can't even think of something that was good about it like I, I i'm trying to be like oh well you know i can't even do that i mean like even brody's performance was just way over the top you know it's it it was supposed yeah. to be over the top but you know he was everyone was just way too cheesy i think the defining moment of this movie is when the the guy that that looks like albert einstein no well that's oh my, my God. that's the defining moment for me we'll get to that in a sec but uh, <laughs> I forgot about that one. But uh, when the guy who's been living with Brody, the mob boss who faked his death, Rocco, right, is finally actually killed. He's killed. He's shot, and he's got this terrible grin on his face that looks so unnatural. So he's, you know, they're like moving his dead body, and he's just got this comically silly grin spread across yeah. his face, and I, it would make me so uncomfortable. You get that thing where you know sometimes you'll have a friend who who tells jokes and they're just not funny. And like, that's what this whole movie is. It's like jokes that aren't funny and they, you don't, you're not laughing even to pity this movie. Certainly more of the movie with a friend you might, but yeah, it, it depends. It depends on who the friend yeah. is. It depends on if they're a friend or an acquaintance. Yeah. But, but they're just, you, you're like, Oh, I know this is a joke and that it makes it worse. Right. That's what, that's what it's trying too hard the whole time. Cause someone, yes. someone wrote that with the full intention of being like, people are going to laugh at this. Yeah, it's going to be a <laughs> knee then, slapper. And when they don't land, it makes it twice as bad. I will say that going, so the defining moment of this movie for me and what made it just like unspeakably terrible is no, we're not cooking tea. That's what Adam's room sounds like, by the way, you can hear that whistling in the background. No, that's, from over that, here. that's from the radio really? right out here. Yeah. Well, from outside. I don't Keep know. talking. Maybe it's I'm a, it's gonna, a I'm pigeon. <laughs> the, <laughs> the the thing that really defined this this movie and how terrible it is for me anyway was so, like we said, he works at a funeral home, um, and he has an assistant who looks remarkably like Albert Einstein. Yes. Um, and the assistant really doesn't have a purpose. In His name's this Giuseppe. Movie. Giuseppe. <laughs> right, you're right. Uh, and he has a name. <laughs> you're right, and I apologize, Giuseppe, for for not recognizing your important role in this in this masterpiece. Uh, he, so he doesn't really have anything to do with it. And then all of a sudden, 
um, Giuseppe is escorting a corpse into the funeral home, um, and he opens the casket, and inside is a recently deceased. Um, I assume she's supposed to be a beautiful woman, like just like her her looks are so enrapturing that Giuseppe can't take his eyes off her, and the implication is that he is going to sexually molest this corpse. That's what I got out of it. I mean, he like stares at it longingly and then like starts to put his hand close to the sort of the the naughty area well, Spencer, a little bit. And I, I want to interrupt you. I believe you actually went to the bathroom for this part because uh, a scene later he's the, the corpse is in a dress, a gown, and he's dancing with the corpse. What? No, I did. He fucks that corpse for sure. He's he's at least dancing with her. So there's at least one scene of implied necrophilia. <laughs> if I mean, he defiles the corpse for sure. Yeah. Like, wait, and what? Just why? There was no reason yeah. for that other than to, to comedic effect. No, 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 not <laughs> even for that to make the next scene happen. Yeah. Right where the they because because it's all it is is just to set up the um, scene where the other corpse gets taken by mistake. Right? Oh right, Giuseppe is so like enraptured by yeah this other corpse that Rocco it, gets buried alive. Right, yeah, there's a whole yeah. kerfluffle. Rocco gets buried. <laughs> I really don't want to go explain the the whole mix up that happened, but Rocco gets buried alive, and Adrian has to go dig him up. Like, and for what purpose? Like, what did that serve know. other than for just like, oh, there's some more wacky hijinks? It's like, I gotta get over. <laughs> An hour and twenty five minutes. That was <laughs> interminable. Hour and oh twenty five minutes. God, a long time. We uh, seriously, Greg was asking like thirty minutes into the movie, is <laughs> this movie already almost over? Because it felt like we yeah. had been here for four days. And also, I'm the type of person like I'll, I'll like block out the time on a DVD player because I don't want to know. I'm just like, oh, I'll just you know, experience it. This one, I just <laughs> yeah, you kept on asking. I couldn't. I well, and that's the. I think that's what Mart like makes a terrible movie is when you want it to be over and it's not even done with the first act and like every minute yeah. feels like an hour after that yeah and you're just waiting and waiting and waiting and every scene just gets stupider and stupider and stupider it just oh my god what confused me was that adrian so adrian's like a super weak character yeah uh yeah. and like every time he does something wrong he's it's like oh please don't kill me like i'll do anything and then a minute later, he'll be like, and this is my house, and you have to treat me with respect, and blah, yeah. blah, blah. Dude, he's and like he's, Joy in Iron Fist. He, <laughs> he has no agency whatsoever. And just Sick Iron Fist reference. Thanks. That's for the, that's for the Iron Fist fans out yeah. there. The Fist fans. Just, he just didn't make, any, <laughs> he didn't make any sense. Like, he does something, like he knocks out. Rocco, that's his name. He knocks out Rocco because Rocco is about to start another war with the families. At his own funeral. Yeah, at his own funeral. He, he knocks out Rocco. He, like, takes his gun from him. He drags him into his room. He then gives the gun back to Rocco. Rocco wakes up, and he goes, just shoot me now, Rocco. I know you're going to do it. <laughs> and Rocco's like, "Like, all right, no, <laughs> essentially. And then and he then, says, and then the make second me breakfast. Later, he's, yeah, yeah, he's like, oh, I'm not going to make you breakfast. Like, you have to sleep on the couch. This is my house. And Rocco's like, nah. like no. Like, I'm going to sleep on the bed. It's just, and it's like, okay. Yeah, and Adrian's like, I don't understand. No, well, the part that didn't, I mean, the towards the end of that scene, so Adrian's like, you're going to make your own breakfast. I'm not doing this for you. Rocco's like, all right, I'm just going to go down to the store 
to go get my own breakfast. And he's like, no, you can't do that. I don't understand. Why is it Brody's job to not allow this guy to leave? Why does Brody get in trouble for that? Well, Brody's... I think- I think he's just trying to prevent him from being seen because if he's what? seen, like the families will start fighting again. So who? What is? But that doesn't. Who cares? Well, that I has nothing the, to do with Brody. I think like later, not, later, one of the like crime family bosses, he says like, "Oh, and you know, if something happens, like it'll be bad for your business or something like that." But it's not that happens after this scene has already taken place, and so there's no real. Yeah. I mean, like. I mean, I guess he could be, he could be, if he's expected to babysit this guy, you could be blamed for it. But like, listen, how, how reasonable are these mom families right. we're talking about? <laughs> come on. They gotta, like, come on. You didn't, come you on. gave me this wild card guy who's like yeah. completely incapable of following any sort of direction. And then you just expect him to, to corral him for an indefinite period of time. He said, Brody's set up to fail. Both his character and him as an actor in this movie. Yeah. Yeah, well, so how does Brody impact the movie? Negatively. I mean, Brody is the movie, and he does a terrible job. And it's a ter- I mean, it's not all his fault, but... No, I don't think it's his fault. I think it's the, the director and the writer mostly. I mean, they yeah. put a big steaming pile of shit in front of him, and were like, hey, make this not a steaming pile of shit. Right, so to that point, I don't think anyone would have done a great job, but Brody certainly overacted i'm sure they told him hey you gotta right everyone overact overact and brody certainly overacted and made this movie a piece of shit i mean i don't think he made it a piece of shit i think he just contributed to it already being a piece of shit. oh yes you're right i like he didn't right he did not make it the piece of shit yeah but he he was he was a part of it a part of it being a big big dump yeah I don't really have anything to add to that. He didn't make <laughs> it. He didn't make it better. He didn't make it worse. He was just like there. He showed up and he tried. He got the check. Yeah, he, he tried. I think he doesn't. He doesn't seem like he's like throwing it in. So I give him credit for that. I mean, he's not. The end result isn't good, but he's not like. He's not like. Oh well, I'm just gonna do this scene now. He's yeah. he's trying. He's not not trying. Right. He's not not trying. <laughs> yeah, I guess. I don't know. He's, he's the leading actor in it, so you gotta. He's gotta take some blame. I feel oh, like dude, oh, it's should. his yeah, fucking agent's fault or his manager's <laughs> fault or something, because they had to have known. Like, yo, this, it's not good, <laughs> but it's gonna, you know, you'll keep the lights on for a second, and you know, you gotta. Yeah, that's true. He's. Uh, it just seems so weird that this. So this movie came out in '97, and I'm kind of inclined to to agree with Greg that this probably was filmed a couple years before yeah and i just can't imagine so the next next week is thin red line like where terrence malick you know and we talk about it later but like he was brody was brought on as the leading actor for that movie a a major hollywood director well maybe not hollywood director but i mean he's a major director Mm -hmm. and it is you know it's kind of an art movie but i mean it got a wide release it got i think a little bit of academy award consideration or something like that and I just can't imagine how they could go and be like, man, did you see Adrian Brody in The Undertaker's Wedding? Like, well, <laughs> yeah. we got to get this guy I mean, pronto. I would, I would assume he was cast before this movie. Right. Then Red Line was definitely filmed, like, when does it come out? 98? Yeah. It was I mean, definitely had, filmed in, like, years in 88. Yeah. <laughs> the Malick movie. We just spent, <laughs> like, a billion years editing it. Yeah. Um, but, I mean, you know, going back to what you're saying, I've thought about this a lot as we watched this movie. 
because then red line is next week. Everything that we've seen up to this point would have gone into the decision to bring Brody on to thin red line. You'd think anyway. I mean, it, it must, I mean, like that's his filmography. Like if you're, you know, it, any of the, any and all of those movies yeah. go into that decision to bring him into thin red line. And I, I mean, up to this point, there's been a couple movies here and there and all you really need is one, somebody to see one and be like, wow, he's got yeah. potential. But, you know, his filmography hasn't been super impressive. He really hasn't had the ability to, like, really, you know, do have a, an, an interesting role. And I'm wondering if, if he won't until The Pianist. And that gets me to quite, you know, I, I'm, get, I'm getting ahead of myself here. Yeah. But The Pianist is 2001. I, I don't know. It's something year. like that. So after Thin Red Line, you know, we'll see if there's another role that gets him, you know, oh, he's got to be The Pianist. Like, right. he's so good. Like, what is, you know, Roman Polanski seeing him? Yeah. I'm, I'm well. You know, half of it's the filmography, but he's he's got to read for these roles. He's got to audition, especially at this point. He's he's not a big enough star that they just say, "Oh, we want him," like without even testing him. Right. Yeah, but I mean, even then, I still still feel like you have to show like some promise to even get get called in for an audition, right? Because right. like, anybody yes. can be like, "Oh, yeah," you know, like I'm interested in this role, but like, you know, they look at your headshots and they see like, "Oh, I've never heard of these fucking movies," and then they just toss it in the bin, like. Right, the filmography. The thousands of other people. The that are filmography trying. gets him through the door, or it gets his foot in the door, and then I think the the audition, the read, mm-hmm. gets him the full part. Or and you know maybe maybe we're discounting the work of his agent and managers. Maybe you know they they may have fucked up this one, but maybe they really nailed it with Thin Red Line and the Pianist. You know maybe or maybe he changed representation. You know, halfway through, and they and they have <laughs> yeah, better maybe. contacts or something. I you feel know. Like all of our our guesses about his agents and his representation are probably very off base. Yeah, probably, <laughs> and it probably doesn't do anything for getting him on the podcast. That's for sure. Yeah. Like, well, you guys just trash me the whole time. Like, why would I? Why would I do anything for you? Exactly. We don't trash him. We're just trying to understand him. That's true. That's true. We're doing our best, given the information we have. We're trying to, which understand. is very little. Which is very little. <laughs> All right, uh, let's move on to his line of the week. Ooh, Ooh, I had a good one for this. I do not, so go you ahead, guys take go it ahead, away. Spence. <laughs> All right, let me uh, let me pull up my notes app here. Um, okay. Oh, okay. So this is this is one after the scene that Greg and I were talking about earlier, where um, Adrian fails to uh, stand up to Rocco and makes him breakfast, um, even though he said that he wasn't going to, and he's sort of. He, he says, oh, are you going to, like, I'm going to make this thing for you. And the guy's like, you can make that? And he's like, yeah, yeah, I got all this stuff. He's like, I even got some plump little tomatoes I grow in the back of the cemetery. The ground is very fertile. <laughs> that was, oh, that, oh okay. that was, yeah. <laughs> I got, I, there, there was a line, I think, immediately after that, which I liked, when he says, or Brody says, an oasis in the desert of turmoil. Yeah, that, I, I wrote yeah. that down, but I yeah. don't think I got all of it and so i had to delete it yeah that was a good one and and another one um was when after adrian proposes to louise lois louise louise um he shows her the engagement ring she's like oh my god that's so nice it must have been so expensive and Brody goes what's money compared to love yeah i had that one written down (laughs) which is just (laughs) that's good which is deep yes i i agree and then even right after that she goes we haven't even made love yet and he just goes with this you know, sly smile. We will. Oh, dude, it's not even sly. It's like hunger. It's that's the thirstiest look you've ever seen. And he's like, "We will." Yeah. Mm-hmm. I don't know. They've been dating for six weeks, though. And I mean, he proposes to her. It's kind of, at least in my opinion, bizarre. Thirsty. 
You haven't made love yet? In six weeks? I mean, it, uh, they're in love enough that he's proposing. I mean, he's in love enough. I don't know if she is. She was clearly not expecting it. Well, I don't know if either of them are in love. Well, Brody's convinced himself he right, is. Right, that's true. Right. Yeah. He's, he's not. What is love? <laughs> I don't know, but it doesn't compare construct. to anything to money. Or, <laughs> wait. Baby, don't hurt me. Yeah. I mean, I know we, we've been kind of talking about his overall growth throughout this whole episode, but, you know, what's a, what's a definitive analysis? This is a fat <laughs> step back. Like, yeah. like at least a, a, a nice little hop backwards, I think. You know, I will say it's good that he's got the, the leading man part, but. Bad. Those leading man <laughs> parts in my mouth. <laughs> but uh, that's the only good thing about this. It's Yeah, top billing does a little bit, but it only goes so far. I mean, the only, again, the only thing that makes this maybe okay is if it was made like 10 years before. <laughs> the fact, if, he, if he made it like this year after, you know, Solo, after 10 Benny, after a bunch of the other good ones we've seen, last time I committed suicide, that's, that's just bad all around. Yeah, I hope this was like a 1992 sort of film and then <laughs> and then they were like well fuck no one wants this like we just gotta sort of sneak this through he would have been somehow. 19 and he did not look 19 in that yeah he's got the fresh face you know it's a, no goatee makes him a little look a little younger who can say yeah he doesn't look like king of the hill brody no so i will say he definitely looks older than than king of the hill he's not as fresh faced and bushy head yeah <laughs> <laughs> he just looks like a baby uh so taking a step back Let's uh, let's go to the definitive list of, of whether or not this is good, like as the top three. Yeah, so clearly this is not breaking into no. anyone's top three. But does it make it into the bottom three for anyone? Yes, the top of oh, bottom three Brody move Brody yeah. Brody appearances. Uh, yeah, for sure. Yeah, it's, it's yeah. what it's what does pretty... this replace in the bottom three? I mean, I think <sighs> you want to go first. I thought we did bottom one. Oh, bottom three. What does this replace? I don't remember what my other ones were. There's definitely. <laughs> uh, you go ahead. <laughs> well, I mean, I think. I mean, the meme is that Natural Born Killers is the worst one. Yes. And I think it just has to stay that way because that movie was just terrible. Yes. But that movie I would say was. Wor- that movie was, what, two and a half hours long? Of just. Of pure garbage. Right. Just you know, at least, at least we were saved. This one was only. 85 minutes to be fair this 85 minutes felt like two and a half hours though i yeah but that two and a half hours felt like you know a year yeah well, Brody also wasn't in it that's yeah. true <laughs> it's true which yeah, made so it even the even the there were zero minutes of birdie in the two and a half hour movie this was like 85 minutes of birdie yeah we that's true we got movie. to see a, a whole bunch of Brody, which is nice yeah all right so natural born killers worst movie yes i'm gonna say six ways to sunday second worst and then this one now are we talking about Brody's Brody in the movies? I don't remember how we do this. I think no, I think it it's Brody in the movie, and I think I fuck it up every time. Yeah, and I don't care. That's how I'm doing it. Brody wasn't too bad in Six Ways to Sunday. I mean, he wasn't good. He was alright. That movie was weird in other ways, but I don't think I think Brody was a, a positive part of that movie. No, so I'm going. I'm okay. I'll switch it. This is number two. This is the second worst, which really makes this the worst Adrian Brody movie yeah. so far because. He wasn't a natural born killers. Yeah, I mean, I think, yeah, I'll put this in my in my bottom three. And I think natural born killer. I don't remember what my second was. It New York stories. Oh, maybe it's uh angels in the outfield. It's not as bad as angels. He just didn't do anything in angels in the outfield. He was just there. Didn't give him any material, and that movie was also crap. I'm gonna do bottom natural born killers. Second from bottom, 
this movie. <laughs> Third from bottom. Six ways to Sunday. Woo! That's right. That was what I said. Yeah. That, that is what you said. Top three. Uh, King of the Hill. Sure. <laughs> Number yeah. one. King of the Hill. Number two. Would, would, did I bullet up there ever? He was good in bullet. <laughs> bullet was so ridiculous. I really I should write these down when I say every week because I really yeah. don't remember. King of the Hill number one. Bullet number two. Dude, where's Boy Who Cried Bitch? Boy Who Cried Bitch number yeah. three. All right, I'll go with what I also like uh, Jailbreakers. Him and Jailbreakers. He was, he was good. Yeah. But um, I'll, it's off my top three for now. Did you? you agree? I, I'm agreeing with Goldberg. Right, I'm gonna do a uh, boy who cried bitch three. Last time I committed suicide two and King of the Hill one. Nice. No. Yeah, he was good in last time I committed suicide. Just not enough Brody. But he was great. You know, he was only in two scenes. Great two scenes, but yeah, those were two stellar scenes. Yeah. that's for mm-hmm. sure. Uh, favorite Brody scene. You know, in, I don't in think this one. Yeah. Well, no. In, no, in no. General. Overall, oh, this. I there's mean, we nothing could do from this. It, we could do in this one. Too. I mean, there's one scene that I feel like just for like unintended comedic effect and for like unexplained comedic effect could go <laughs> in there. When he so he goes to um, Rocco's ex-wife's house, or I mean, his estranged wife, I suppose, because he's dead but not really dead. So I don't know what you'd call her. He goes to Rocco's wife's house. And they have lunch, and Adrian is, like, fantasizing about schmanging her, basically. <laughs> and then he leaves, oh, yeah. and he's holding this vest that he let her borrow. And he's, like, walking through a field, and he just starts smelling it. And it's really bright outside, and it's, like, sort of slow motion as he's smelling it. And then he just starts to sneeze. And then he goes hoarse. Yeah, he goes back to her house, like, sniffing the vest and sneezing. And that was it. And then, then he he spills the beans that her husband is still alive, and then she drives away, and he chases after her. No, not that the husband is still alive. She spills the he spills the beans that the husband is banging a uh, another girl, or Luis. Yeah. yeah, that's right, the right. girl that Adrian proposed to. Yeah, but why does he sneeze? Why is he sneezing? Who allergies? <laughs> what? Since when? <laughs> he just like has allergies, like walking through this. Just it's not even like a like a field of, I don't know, flowers or shit like that. It's just grass. Field of dreams. Yeah, maybe he's Ang- allergic to dreams. Angels in the outfield. <laughs> yeah, or whatever. Uh, I mean, if I guess are we just so we're just picking a scene. That was I, this movie. I mean, yeah, I, I mean, we're, it's it's always favorite scene overall. But okay, like I, to talk I, about. I guess that I'll just a scene from this movie yeah. for me. If I'll pick a scene from this movie, it's that when. I don't even know how to describe it. There's a there's a chase where <sighs> Brody and um, Rocco's wife are in a car and they're kind of uh, trying to chase after Rocco's um, casket, which is on wheels because oh. <laughs> it falls out of the hearse somehow. Somehow they're being chased by people in one of the mob families who's shooting at them. The Rocco's wife hops on the casket and is riding it. And it somehow gets off the highway and is then going through uh, sort of a pathway in front of all of these stores. And she's like, get out of the way, get out of the way. It's like a sidewalk. Like a strip mall. Kind like of. a yeah. strip mall. Yeah, kind of like a strip mall. And it's shot kind of, uh, not like stop motion. What is it? like? S- what do they call it? Undercranking? Yeah, yeah. It feels like, like Benny Hill. Is that like? Yeah, it's it's. It's artificially sped up. Yeah, like, it's artificially sped up. And then, it, but 
the thing that is most exciting about this is the editing makes no sense. <laughs> so she's on she's on this thing. It shoots off. Brody catches her. He somehow drove all the way in front. I mean, it makes sense that he gets he's going faster than a speeding casket. But he somehow <laughs> gets all the way in the front to the end of this strip mall. She flies off of the casket. He catches her to the side of it, and the uh, casket goes directly into the back of the hearse again. Well, he like sets up a ramp. It looks like yes, yeah, <laughs> right. He builds a he builds a ramp, right? <laughs> well, you know what? I think that that scene, the entire purpose of that scene, was for the gratuitous butt and boob shots that we got out of that. Like it was yeah. basically just a reason to have the the girl that played the um, Rocco's wife like smash her boobs, like and get a real good close up of of the boobs. It was real effective if that was the purpose. I, I really do feel like that was the only point, is mm. that they were just like, well, we need, a, we need to get some production value <laughs> yeah. out of our natural resources, so to speak. <laughs> oh, God. Uh, yeah. I, <laughs> oh, God. Yeah, I, I say those two scenes for okay. me. I, you know, but, I picked the one with the vest. That's, that's my, okay. my go-to. Uh, but favorite scene overall uh, is still going to be I think I had the King of the Hill one. The, the, the running scene. one? Yeah. I got the football scene from last oh, yeah, time I committed suicide. That was fucking one. hilarious. I'm going football, too. Last time I committed suicide. Yeah. Okay. That was absolutely hilarious. So, yeah, I think this movie is not topping any of those scenes. Certainly not. For not. us. Uh, Greg, you want to lead us into a quote? Oh, yeah. I would love to. <laughs> I'm so excited. This is my favorite part of the week. You Greg, learn, you learn a little good. something? Yeah, you know, Very Greg, good at just, picking those quotes. Greg just finds such great quotes, and I feel like they just engender such fantastic discussion. Oh, that's wonderful. You're so welcome. So um, we're going uh, to 2013. Oh, a little time travel here. January 2013. Good Back to the days of Gawker. Oh. <laughs> I hear this headline here, which I think fits this movie we just watched. All right. The headline is, oh, God, Adrian Brody, what are you doing? <laughs> So this came out um, when I get this. I think this is a YouTube movie called Inappropriate Comedy that Adrian oh. was in. Um, it's uh, that's pretty much it. Are we gonna have to watch that? I uh, I don't know. I don't know if it's on if it's on Wikipedia. We haven't looked. Does yet. that count? Just check the list. So Adrian's in this, uh, and this article is pretty much talking about how he shouldn't be in it. And how, like, it's like, forget everyone else in this. Adrian Brody's in it. So here we go. Now I'm going to get to this quote here. How do you go from the thin red line to the pianist to Darjeeling Limited to the Brothers Bloom to Midnight in Paris to inappropriate comedy without a serious blow to the head? What? (laughs) Wait, is that what happened? Did Adrian Brody suffer a traumatic brain injury? Oh, my God. I'm so sorry. My sympathies to the Brody family at this (laughs) at this their hour of infinite grief. Um, So. When she's asking how do you get, or I don't know if it's a she. When this author is asking how do you get from this to this to this, this movie right. that we just watched is how you go back to something like this. Whether it's just he's trying to cash a check, but he's not, just because he was in a string of very good movies doesn't mean he's incapable of making bad movies. Yeah, you know, maybe and he I just wanted to have a good time. He's that's like, true. You know, Look at Robert De Niro. No, no, that, I definitely wouldn't say that that was having a good time. That movie, I watched the trailer. It looks trash. Inappropriate oh, comedy? One, no. Yeah, inappropriate uh, well, comedy. Well, uh, a little bit of trivia. Well, I guess not trivia. But we, we will have to watch that movie. Oh. It's on the list. Oh, boy. And it's directed by Vince Offer, the guy who what? does the that towel 
Whatever it's called. No shit, the ShamWow Yeah, the ShamWow. Yep. Oh, that is what this says. The fuck? Yeah. Why? What I is this? Know. Like a it's, it's it's a YouTube movie? Well, maybe just this trailer's on YouTube. It certainly looks like it was a YouTube movie. I don't believe so. I think it's a was a released It's real? Wide release movie. The ShamWow guy directed a movie. This is the second movie he directed, starring Adrian Brody, and we're going to have to fucking watch it. Yes. Yes. He's the guy in the trailer. It's like there's a couple other sort of famous people in there. I don't remember who. Rob Schneider. (laughs) Now that makes sense. But it goes through all these other, you know, sort of famous people. And then it's like, and Adrian Brody. So he's the he's like the and guy at the end who's getting, you know, a little extra money. Right. The featured featured guest. (laughs) But while this isn't this isn't especially um, significant to the movie we just watched, it's my overall point. The reason I brought this up is it's not unprecedented that he's done bad movies. I think a lot of people think that like, you know, I, you know, you look at thin red line and see he has, he was in a fantastic movie, even though his role is small. And then he goes to the pianist in just a couple of years that he has great movies, but he's done a lot of crappy movies yeah, for one reason or another. We've all done a lot of crappy movies. We all have. Yes. Just like this one. Oh, maybe this is a, a crappy podcast. We apologize if no. this one didn't. This was not a crappy podcast, but it was a crappy movie. I hope nobody's looking at their, their watch or their phone time. <laughs> saying, oh, my God. Eh? There's still 10 minutes left. <laughs> still 10 minutes. Oh. I don't know. I just, we were very underwhelmed coming out of that movie. So that, that negative yeah, energy yeah, that sort of translates into this podcast. The post-Undertaker's wedding depression. Yeah. Now we're going to go eat like a bunch of fucking cookie dough or some shit. Like whatever <laughs> whatever people do when they're sad. Yeah. Uh, well, next week we've got The Thin Red Line. Yes. Which Greg has Ooh. on Blu-ray. Yep. Right? Yes, yes, sir. Sweet. Awesome. Dude, did that sweet surround sound. Remember, hit us up on uh, birdiecastpod at gmail.com if you want to come and uh, give a little gander. We'll have a little screening. Yeah, we're happy to have you. Um, Greg's happy to host you anyway. Probably Saturday or Sunday. Sunday. Just let us know. Sunday. Yeah. Yeah. It'll be great. Well, thanks for listening, everyone. Uh, don't watch this movie, please. I mean, if you want to understand our pain, no, don't. feel free. But you would be a masochist, I think. Yeah. I would much rather watch Six Ways to Sunday than watch this again. I honestly don't. Could, I couldn't tell you a single thing about Six Ways to Sunday. I have like a reason for my mind. fucks his mom. Oh, yeah. Oh, you know what I looked up? That woman's Blondie. Who? She's the lead singer of Blondie. Oh, shit. Huh. For real? Yeah, we didn't talk about that at all. Oh, well, she fucked Norman Reedus, who was her son, in that movie. <laughs> yeah. Weird. Yeah, what the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> all right. Well, thanks again for listening. I forgot about that movie, and now I'm thinking about it again. Spencer, I'm it. trying to close out the podcast. Uh, yeah, I understand, but I'm also trying to explain why I feel so Our terrible. listeners are trying to forget about it, too. Yeah, I, we no need to bring this movie up again. It's just so bad. <laughs> <laughs> All right. See you guys next week.